When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters and we're here to talk about it. We are here. We are queer. What's the thing Christina said? And in the clear. We're clear. And we're in the clear. Yes. We're here, we're queer, and in the clear. Thank you, Christina. Which is appropriate for this episode, because we're going to finally talk about Warrior Nun Season 2 after having watched it and not just speculating wildly like we did in our last Warrior Nun episode. Which, by the way... We've watched it several times. We have, but also our um, dance scene prediction did not come true. For anyone that was surprised by that. Well, no, because we had Mary in it. We had a whole thing with Camilla being drunk in the corner and none of it came true. But that's I really wish we could have seen. Well, it is done, uh, Camilla was in a corner of some sorts with her head down. Yes, we'll get to that scene. <laughs> oh my but- god, did you just describe it that way? <laughs> That scene was interesting, but also the dance scene we did get was spectacular, and I'm sure we'll be in that scene for, like, at least 30 minutes. So, shall we dive into episode one, Galatians 6, 4 through 5? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, First thing I want to say, and I know that this is the first thing any of us thought, or that Theora said in our Mm -hmm. reactions, was... We're back with the voiceovers. I know. Like, that's literally my first note. <laughs> <laughs> because, of course, we're starting with the voiceover. I literally wrote in mine, we start with Ava voiceover, of course. Of course. <laughs> and she still doesn't know what happened. Oh, my God. The way she starts it, too, she's like, do you want to know what happened? I don't fucking know what happened. And it's like, girl, it's been two years. We've been waiting two years to know what happened. And what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> you were there. So we'll never know. Yeah, I guess not. But what's the point of this voiceover then? You're telling us nothing. (laughs) But hey, she learned how to swim. She did. She did. And here's my here's my take on that. Her learning Beatrice taught her to swim is what happened. Yes. Can I have those scenes, please? Please, yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I need Beatrice teaching Ava how to swim because we know that's what happened since they are together in this scenario. Um, to By together, I mean off in Switzerland 
because they tell us in the next scene that Ava is in Switzerland and then we see Beatrice later. Yeah. So to go back to the pool thing, not the fanfic version, which whoever's the hero that's going to write that, please send it to us. Yes. But um, so Ava's swimming in the pools. So I want to talk about the line she says where she reveals that. She says, basically, she's like, I told JC I would learn how to swim. And I did. And she's like proud of herself. And then says the line that kills me. Still, there's a thousand items left on my life to do list. But you can't check them off if you're dead. Which, foreshadowing, first of all, that hurts. But also... I think this was a good intro to, to the. We also get confirmation that there has been a two month time jump in this little scene. Mm-hmm. I think this. Yeah, they is told really... us with After Effects. What? Oh, the, with the words. Uh, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, I think that this line she says, "We're like, I'm checking things off my to do list," kind of thing, is a, a good indicator of. Ava's state of mind two months later where she's very much like carpe diem I'm living in the moment which I think is really important because it's the complete opposite of her counterpart Beatrice when it comes to state of mind so Ava like is growing basically and like is still in that thing where she's like she's getting to live her life despite like the situation which I think is really important so it's like Ava seems like in a better place mentally when we like time jump two months later so I, I like that line I hate it for the foreshadowing but also like I think it's an important indicator of where Ava's at yes it is I agree but um go ahead Caitlin I have one question and it's gonna be a stupid one no there are... about something she says okay so she said the devil kicked her ass Adriel the devil officially? Is no. Adriel an angel? I'm She's... only confused. No, no one knows what Adriel is. That's the problem. They referred Adriel's to him... a douche. That's correct. correct. They referred to him as a devil in the last season because that's the terminology that they have for really, really bad things that can do kind of weird supernatural crap. Exactly. So the whole point of a lot of this season is that no one knows what Adriel actually is. And the, like, I guess what we, the way that people process things is that we put our own experiences and our own thing, knowledge onto a situation so that we can categorize it. And so in these people's minds, anyone who grew up in the, Christian church and the Catholic church in particular here will equate, Oh, this person looks like this is doing this, et cetera, et cetera. They're either, they could be an angel. So Adriel, when he came over from the other dimension, took that and ran with it. So he said, okay, well, you're categorizing me in this way. So I'm going to play into that. So the whole time Adriel is playing into the angel facade Uh, And using the religion and and history of Christianity to his advantage. So basically a lot of the characters spend a lot of time thinking about, is Adriel a real angel? And you see that in Beatrice's crisis of faith later on. But that's basically it. 
Nobody knows what Adriel is. Adriel's using Christianity to his own advantage by saying, hey, I'm an angel. I'm here for saving everybody. Follow me. Yeah, and he and so- in in season one, he also like at the fit not the I think the finale or the yeah, he 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 says it explicitly where he's like, you know, if it, where Ava's like, Are you an angel? And he's like, if that's what you want to call me that helps you exactly. understand this, like sure. And to Bree's point, basically when Ava says that, the devil kicked my ass. She's also indicating that like I no longer think this is a good guy anymore. Like we spent all of season one talking about him in this angel legend. I understand he's not what he seems to me. And so it indicates that like they're against him too. So it serves that kind of purpose, but it's like the word devil. It's like language we understand because of our experience. Like Bree said, basically we don't have the language for what Adriel is because we don't really know what he is. We don't know enough about that other dimension to label him appropriately basically so we're using Precisely. the language we know he's a guy with powers doing bad things devil and they never call him the devil correct they call him a so, demon because or yeah that would be different so correct. we're just well, calling him a devil no uh ava says the devil kicked my ass well, I just it's mean fine. like no one actually the Pope doesn't call him the devil. Yeah. No one calls him Satan oh. specifically. Okay. She says just that is her language to describe the situation, basically. Because we know Ava has sort of a flippant type of language yeah. anyway. So what? she's just saying the devil kicked my ass. Yeah, she's being facetious, is what she's yeah, doing. Precisely. Which yeah. is most which of is her Ava. dialogue anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Where is Ava Ava appropriate dialogue one hundred percent? Me and Ava. She's a 13-year-old boy at heart. Unless I have to actually focus on talking about something. So So that's where we're set up. Two months later, Adriel's the bad guy from our protagonist's point of view. And they're chilling in Switzerland. So they got from Switzerland. They got to Switzerland from Rome, which is where the finale left us two months later. And uh, Um, what are they doing in Switzerland, Brie? So, well... Apart from sharing a bed, um, (laughs) Ava's walking along and you see these people that are handing out leaflets and it turns out they're Adriel's followers. So we see that Adriel's gathering a bunch of folks and what Beatrice and Ava have been doing is working in a bar, which is adorable. And I love it. Yes. Ava is a bartender, a plus good, good deal. I'm, I'm here for that. So talk about her signature drink though. Yes. This is hilarious. Cause like, uh, think about it. Why, how on earth would does Ava have bartending experience? She spent her entire life in an orphanage. So she's like, I assume she watched TV and like figured it out. Cause she's like, mm-hmm. right. But she says in a voiceover, of course, that her like signature drink is called the Cuba Libre. Which is literally a rum and coke with lime. So I love that that's her drink. It's like nothing fancy. It's just like. Exactly. It makes these three ingredients, which is so I love it. Let's be real. She saw stuff on TV. Yes. And is copying it. But also Beatrice is the one that did the research and was like, Ava, okay. So this is like chemistry. And then Ava's like, I'm sorry, chemistry what? And Beatrice is like, you have to combine these in the perfect amounts to make, you know, the drink. And she's like, um, 
rum and coke. Right. <laughs> I'll throw in some ice. I and just somebody else her. is probably like, Cuba Libre. And she's like, mm, yeah, that's what this is. I love it. I picture her watching a lot of Food Network. I can see that. Because, like, when you watch that stuff, you feel like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do all of that. That's definitely Ava. She has that energy. Yeah, absolutely. That's her top, Ava that's her watch- top She's <laughs> like, I can do anything. that. Anything. Yeah. Literally anything on television. <laughs> I can do that. I'm like, you're not... What was She the- also thinks she's a doctor because she uh, tied up Mary's legs. She's like, how'd you learn yeah, to do this? I watched exactly. that on TV. Yeah. Sounds like something I would say. Dude, Which is totally funny. Pro- she projects it onto Beatrice later. She's like, she yeah. watches a lot of TV. I'm like, oh, that's, that's exactly what you've been doing. <laughs> Brain cell. Brain cell sharing. Um, Fun fact. But- Apparently me and Brie do this a lot, and it gets worse <laughs> when we're in person. So if you want to watch us share the brain cell, go watch our reaction videos to Yeah, it, it happens. Caitlin rolls I get it up. sometimes. When Okay, I just also want to point out that when I'm quiet, it's because Theora is saying everything that's in my head out right. loud. <laughs> um, so we're in this bar and there are some p- people in there chatting about Adriel and the Vatican conspiracy. One of the girls is a big fan of Adriel, apparently. And then we get this guy show up who's... Blonde and supposedly cute. I don't okay, sure. I have a um, note for this one when you're done. His name is Miguel, and he turns up to ruin the Adriel party and get some water because that's his drink. So he looks like he also looks like he wants an Ava sandwich, which is not on the menu. Thank you very much. No. It <laughs> starts, the menu. Yeah. And she he starts the special in, three. It's not the special. <laughs> It's not on the menu. No. And he starts intriguing her with all this anti-Adriel talk before the other bartender comes and says that the boss wants to talk to her. So, Caitlin, tell us what your note is. Mm. Five, two. The more tame one says, for someone locked in a room all her life, she does well with people. And then the other one is, Miguel looks like a douche face. Poor Miguel. He doesn't look like a douche face. He, I mean, maybe, yeah, okay, I'll take that. The, your opinions are valid, for sure. Yeah, Ava is a surprisingly good people. I feel like it's just because she was so, she is an extrovert type of person. And so, like, being locked in the orphanage must have been so traumatizing from mm-hmm. that point of view. Because extroverts do not do well when they cannot talk to people. So, like, the boy <laughs> she shared the room with probably got his ear chatted off by Ava because <laughs> she yeah. needs to talk. And so now she's, I feel like this is, again, Carbadium Ava, where she's like, yay, people, I can talk to them. And so she's yeah. just naturally a people person, I think, because she's naturally extroverted. But she's naturally Beatrice, charming. She's naturally charming. And, and I think that's why her and Beatrice, like, balance each other out, because Beatrice is, like, mm-hmm. naturally introverted. So, like, Absolutely. they bring qualities out in each other, which is really awesome. So, yeah, she's a, somebody who would make a good bartender because she genuinely enjoys talking to mm-hmm. people. And, like, you can tell from the dialogue in this scene that, like, these are like kind of like quote unquote regulars. They knew her by name. They included mm-hmm. her in their conversation. So like she's, you know, a good bartender. Uh, she's known. She is known. One thing I want to note about the Miguel stuff. First of all, his name. The name Miguel is just like a Spanish version of the word Michael. So like yes. there's that. And then second of all, which cl- clever. And second of all, I like his 
the thing I like about him here is he has the dialogue where he draws the parallels between what's happening with Adriel's cult of fanatics and how that's creeping into fascism because mm-hmm. that's real life and relevant to now. So whoever wrote this whole stuff to like kind of like depict it as like Same. things that happen in real life is how it starts. Kudos because that was really great dialogue and I love it. And one last thing about this scene that's not about Miguel, but okay, when we first come in the bar, one of the dudes is bragging about how he can outdrink the Pope. Mm-hmm. Who are these patrons? They're so weird. Who does this? They are weird. <laughs> the so Irish, weird. the Irish, it's the yeah. Irish dude. And the Irish I'm like, dude. Like, you're Irish. Of course you can outdrink the right. Pope. What does him being the Pope have to do with it? Who talks about outdrinking yeah. the Pope? It's such weird dialogue, but it's kind of funny. It's, I like it. It's kind of cute. And, so uh, we also learned in the scene last thing sorry i forgot ava speaks german when the fuck yes. did she learn how to speak german ava speaks a lot duolingo of things, duolingo there you go she, how was she or, doing duolingo she had no access to her arms and she learned no no no, we mean no, now. no recently All right, yeah she it. doesn't miss a day she can't break her streak she yeah. can't and also beatrice is proud of her yeah it's I, like they like, do it together beatrice that's their bonding yeah. time and Beatrice mm. gets so excited and happy. She's like, do lingo time. Well, I mean, All right, Beatrice Ava, knows the languages. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, but like she likes to impart her knowledge onto Ava. I'm she saying, likes, like she's uh, cultivating her. Ava's knowledge. And Absolutely. so that makes her very happy. Yeah. It is their downtime. I like this. This should be in a fic too. Now we're just plotting fix all over the place. Yeah. You guys welcome. have been plotting one of these. I'm just waiting for you to write it. Yeah. Mm. Maybe when life doesn't kick, kick us, us in the in ass. The face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So guess guess what? We all know what's going to happen next because <gasps> who is going to be the boss? Who would be the I boss? Agree. The boss is Beatrice. So Beatrice calls her in there to be like, hey, will you stop chatting everybody up when we're, when they're talking about Adriel and like pour more drinks? Like, can we not, can you not just like Blow our cover is basically Beatrice's theme for this entire time that they're in Switzerland. Yeah. Uh, because Ava's so into talking to everyone that Beatrice is just kind of always there going, she gonna say something she shouldn't say. Right. <laughs> so uh Ava tells her not to be so perfect all the time. Bye, Bye Caitlin. Caitlin. Because being being perfect all the time isn't discreet either is basically the point she's making <laughs> so don't be so perfect and and beatrice is just kind of like <clears throat> in her feels and then, then be, she's like mom she's been being mom basically is what ava feels like and so she ends up kissing her on the cheek and then Beatrice sighs because she's having gay feelings and frustration about Ava being, you know, Ava. I don't Ava basically not listening to her really, which is never going to happen. I mean, she'll listen to you to a point, but she's going to Ava. Ava's got Ava. Ava's got Ava. Um, I, I wrote, love that scene. I wrote that Beatrice is gay. And they are so cute together. This is true. To the extent of my notes. 
I'd also like to point out that Hans comes up, the other bartender, mm-hmm. in the middle of that, and they have yeah, that look back and forth. And Beatrice is like, glance. um, the glance. And so she's like, what was that about? <laughs> and you're like, um, nothing. <laughs> basically, basically, I feel like Beatrice is coming from two directions here. It's like, so what have you been talking to Hans about? Number one. And number two, does Hans have a thing for you? Number three, <laughs> um, does he know something that he shouldn't? So, and Ava's just like, dude, you're, you became the boss in one month. He's been here for three years. What do you expect? Like, <laughs> yeah. So there, this scene, there's a lot to unpack in this scene. So first of all, throughout Basically, the first couple of episodes, Beatrice very much shows us that one of the things she's afraid of, she's afraid of a lot of things in starting season two. One of them is them being outed. So on their two month hiatus after they left Rome, they end up in Switzerland. Basically, they're undercover is what's happening. And so Beatrice initially calls her up because she's like, hey, you're on the Adriel topic. We can't get involved with that because if you're outed, they're going to come after you because you have the halo and all that stuff. So she's like using Beatrice tactics of being like, this is about the mission. I called you up to your because it's about the mission. It's about the mission. And Ava like is like, yeah, I was being a bartender, whatever. Then Hans comes up. Then Beatrice's actual ulterior motive comes out where she's like straight up jealous because Beatrice did not call Ava up here until the blonde dude started talking to her. So Beatrice also like is showing her hand that um, she has gay feelings here. And starts being like, how dare you glance at men, <laughs> basically. And Ava's like, I'm being a bartender. What is wrong with you? And you hit the nail on the head here where you said, where Ava rationalizes. She's like, well, I think the other co-worker who's been here for three years is upset that you're the boss after like a month. So Beatrice has this kind of double standard where she's basically telling Ava, hey, you need to like lay low with the halo stuff. And we can't jump into fights. And we need to like not look like we're kick-ass super spies but Ava's like hey you're sh-. And, and, and Beatrice her defense is like it's not my fault I'm super organized and Ava's like it kind of is because that's one of your skills and you're just blatantly showing off your skills that you're not just some rando who came off the street to work in a bar because they needed to make rent like you're obviously more valuable than that and that shows in this promotion so like you, there's a double standard here that Beatrice isn't really acknowledging in terms of like mm-hmm. them being covert yep yeah. I think because Beatrice is always thinking about what Ava's doing. <laughs> well, also the other the other piece here. So in the voiceover in the beginning, we saw Ava's mindset is I'm living in the moment despite all of this stuff. Beatrice is showing you with this promotion thing that she's still hiding behind her skills right now. That's yes. what this really is. Like she's still doing it. That's her default. And so while... Beatrice is on, I, we mentioned it in the other season, but like Beatrice is on some journey to like ex- becoming who she is. She's still on the journey. So she hasn't moved past the hiding behind her skills stuff. That's how she got yeah. the promotion. Whereas Ava is in the bar being her chatty, like charming self. Cause that's her default. Right. And that makes her a good bartender. But like Beatrice is like, I don't know how to do any of that. I'm just going to use my skills of being good mm-hmm. at management and strategizing and hence the promotion. So they both have a point here. Like, yes. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I love 
I love that th- this whole season we get them little by little learning and ex- I feel like they exchange so much kind of in a way that helps them both internally grow. Yeah. No, that and that is highlighted in Ava's line. You don't have to be so perfect all the time because the difference now between when Beatrice was in the convent and just hiding behind her skills is right now she has somebody who sees through all that stuff and like can actually see her beneath all the emotional armor she's put up. And so what Ava is saying with this line is like, hey, you don't have to be super nun right now. You can just be you. Like we're just work we're just two women working in a bar. Like just be you. That's fine. And the way she like delivers it is is like a very like supportive ICU kind of like delivery. I was just about to say that. Yeah. So she's like, hey, like I see you. I like you. Just be you. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be superwoman right now. Like there is no expectations in this bar that you're trying to meet. Cause that's how where Beatrice's mind always goes. There's like, I have to achieve things. I have to be at the top of my game. It was like, we're in a bar. Nobody gives a shit. Hans doesn't give a fuck. Like, just be you. Like, you're great. Be you. And and so that dynamic is still happening. Like, that started kind mm-hmm. of like when in season one when they were getting, like, to know each other a lot better and, like, seeing past each other's, like, trauma and stuff. And, and Ava was always the one who's like, I see you. You're great. Just yeah. be you. So she's still doing What you that. are is beautiful. What you are is be Exactly. And so Ava is still in the position of like validating Beatrice for just being her, but Beatrice is still reflexively hiding herself. So Mm -hmm. this scene is establishing where they're still at because to Beatrice, acceptance is like skills, you know? So that's where they're at. And then I have to, and then I also have to comment that when Ava says this, Beatrice immediately gets flustered because girl doesn't know how to take compliment. Yeah. Like no idea, no idea. But, and so she changes the topic immediately from this and poor Ava's like, damn. (laughs) Yeah. I also think that Beatrice doesn't know how to take um, Ava kissing her on the cheek. That too. (laughs) She has no idea. No idea. No idea. And so what do you think the level is of Beatrice's uh, realization about her feels at this juncture? Yeah, that's a that is an excellent point. I think Beatrice knows she has feelings, but is bottling them up because there's scenes later that we'll get into that I think indicate that she's like acknowledge like is is acknowledging them to herself, but like doesn't know how to act on like has no idea because when Ava compliments her here when she does the cheek kiss thing, Beatrice's response is to freeze. She doesn't know what to. She doesn't know what to. She's not a like um. Like Ava's love language is like emotional touch to like in a like touch it like physical touch. That's not Beatrice. Beatrice is like, I don't know what to do with this. Remember the hug, their first hug where she's like, what is, what is. Yeah, what, what is, is happening? What is okay, happening? I'll give in to this. Right. I don't think she hates it. I don't, I, I think she doesn't know how to reconcile how I feel with how I act. I, I She has no mm-hmm. idea how to do that. Whereas Ava's Ava is, not a puppy. Yeah, she's not. Ava's a puppy. She's, she's like, right. I love you. Let's. I want to touch you all the time. Like, yeah, Beatrice has no idea. She, she's like, what is happening? Like, she doesn't know how to like respond to any of this. So I think until she's, she's not thinking. We'll get to that. Yeah. She's overthinking. She's in her head too much. That's the problem. This is all of the gay caresses on Ava's face were not thinking. Not Beatrice. thinking. Right. Exactly. She's her default is to be in her head. 
and she's in her head too much because she's having these feelings and doesn't know what to do with them. I assume she's never had them before. So she's like, okay, uh, my mission is to see you through this thing. So I have to keep a clear head to do that. But now I'm having all these feelings that are fucking with my head. I can't have that. She doesn't know, like, it's like a short circuiting thing where she's like, what do I, what do I do? And then Ava does stuff like kiss her and like touch her. And she's like, ah, it short circuits everything for Beatrice. So I think she's at the, I have feeling stage, but I don't know what to do with these feelings because there's conflict of interest happening here for me. And it's just getting her in her head too much. Yep. Yeah. I also think the only other person that's ever seen through Beatrice the way that Ava does and maybe not even quite the way Ava does is Camilla. So I mean, Camilla ship captain. I feel like Mary saw it too. Well, yeah, Mary saw it, but Mary, I don't think would comment it, comment on it the way that Camilla did. No, Camilla was all about call. It is all about calling Beatrice out in a, in a like, like a supportive, subtle way where she's like, Hey, read this book chapter together. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas, like, Mary in the church was like, oh, is this the bullshit you're spending for why you became a yeah. nun? Mm-hmm, sure, girl. She's too blunt. But Camilla's, like, the wing woman. Yeah. Had a friend, you know? Um, But, yeah. Well, but, yeah. do you guys have anything else to say about this particular scene of cuteness? No, I, th- I think it's a, I think we said everything. It's a good scene. It just, it sets up where they are mentally and, yep. like, with each other. And Absolutely. also, last thing I have to say, okay, Ava, Ava. Why do you have to call her mother? That's yeah, that, do that. That line, I was just, I was like, why are you saying this? And she saved it with the cheek kiss, but like, because that's confusing to Beatrice. She's like, wait, what? No, but are, the, we, here's not, the, are we not flirting? What is this? Why are you calling me mother? Is, that's confusing. Is, I would totally do that. So <laughs> just as a like a throwaway comment. So, okay, hey, anyway. mom. And then, then you're like implications. Damn, I wish I hadn't said that. Yeah, exactly. It was like, fuck. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this and say, no, I won't use my words right now. I'm just gonna kiss your cheek. Yeah, I'll just kiss her cheek because she's cute. Even though Ava, I don't think Ava's had her realization yet. She has not, but I think she obviously acknowledges her feelings a little bit, or they come out even if she's not acknowledging them. They come out, but she's not purposefully showing them or anything or thinking on them all right so from here she leaves the bar and makes a (laughs) boo-boo well (laughs) give somebody else a (laughs) boo-boo she gets very upset with one of the leaflet fellows that's handing out all of the fucking adriel propaganda and halo blasts or Palo pushes him, I guess. Yeah. Into this like crazy flip into a wall and he falls down and shit. And it's not a good look for the middle of like, why is this tiny, tiny human able to throw this guy this far or push him that far? So yeah, um, not so discreet, Ava. Yeah, it's out in the middle of the street, too. So mm-hmm. in the middle of the street and then using the halo, not great. Um but I think the takeaway from the scene really is they're in hiding, but the whole Adriel stuff is really getting to her because the the dude says some line to her where the thing that pushes her to like get emotional and like attack him is he basically says, you can't run from Adriel's judgment. 
Mm-hmm. And Ava's like, I'm not running. And that's when she like, so you get the sense that like being in hiding and not confronting Adriel is the source. Driving her insane. It's driving her insane. Yeah. So it's a like a moment of like character growth for Ava too. Cause like season one, Ava would have been like, I'm gone. Bye. But here you can tell she's very restless and is like, wants to prove herself or like redeem herself in kind of some way. So like Ava has like had some character growth that has stuck with her to where we're like starting with her again. I also kind of want to know, this is sort of a shot, a long shot kind of thing, but I want to know if the halo affects her capacity to contain her emotions in any way. So all of that power being in her body, I wonder if it makes it harder for her or if she's just naturally having this because it just feels like the things that she's doing to vent her frustration are a little more extreme than what one would usually do yeah, in public. And, and she hasn't had the, a chance to develop any kind of ways to deal with her emotions being, you know, the way that she was her whole life. However, it just, I just wonder if the halo does affect her emotion, her ability to regulate her emotions. Cause that would be interesting. Yeah. It's definitely a question. I mean, aside from Ava, the other warrior nuns that we get a little bit more of a glimpse into as to their emotional state, mental state, leadership states are mother superior and uh shannon Shannon. from shannon it looks like no it doesn't really affect her emotions but mother superior maybe because we get her whole her backstory through a scene with shannon later where yeah like her emotional connection to physical violence could have possibly been influenced by the halo to like a, a more extreme degree which is what you're saying so it's 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 possible like how much is like the halo affecting ava and vice versa kind of thing yeah And I think it's also specific to the person that's carrying the halo at the time, whatever their strengths and weaknesses are. So I think, sorry, there was a cat situation. I think Mm. Shannon had a unique ability inherently to just be that person that was always kind of there and calm in a situation. So yeah, like she was probably the, the best person to have the halo Correct. that is how they paint her she was like the yeah. ideal person so she probably had the ideal like centering when it comes to mental emotional soul stuff but yeah it and then seems vincent like maybe... had to go and be a fuckhead oh i hate him so much but yeah it seems like mother superior and ava leaned more towards the anger violence route so yeah maybe yeah Valid question. well anyway question she sends that dude flying and then we fly we leave Switzerland and fly over these beautiful mountains with set to the song Magic Bomb. <laughs> it's like one of the most annoyingly catchy TikTok songs ever, period. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's called? Yeah, I didn't Magic even know it had a name. <laughs> yeah. I just called it the TikTok song. Yeah, it's the ma- it's Magic Bomb. So I learned. The I'm important ready. thing is that we see Camilla for the first time this season and she has like a harem of nuns gathered around her. Uh, she she's sure giving does. them a TikTok tutorial. <laughs> she sure, well, she's the tech whiz. 
And she's teaching her women how to make TikToks. I'm like, what? What is, what the, is why this? Why is it necessary for these nuns to learn how TikTok? I love it. I mean, get more nuns on TikTok. Let's do it. Well, I mean, one of the things that's interesting to think about, and it's kind of brought up subtly a few times in the show, is like, okay, if all this stuff went down, like with an angel coming to Earth, in the era of like internet and social media, there would be a blending of those things. So it is interesting to see like modern, modern technology in the hands of like people with medieval practices, which is what the scene is. Yeah. It's like I'm pretty part sure of- I've seen a nun on TikTok. Right. Oh, so yeah, it's I not like to. unfathomable. I, it's just like, no. really? <laughs> and I think it's also pointing out the the point that our kind of conflict is still science slash technology slash, you know, yeah. n- practices of now versus religious doctrine and theology. Yeah, especially especially one like the outfits they're wearing. They are medieval garb. Like that mm-hmm. is like yeah so yeah it's it the like, contrast that we're after right exactly exactly so yeah this this it highlights it in a fun way basically it does yeah. and it's very cute and it's very camilla it is and camilla's got game that's what i learned from the scene yeah exactly mm-hmm. i mean because one of those nuns is feeling her up yeah <laughs> she got a handsy nun was uh really into this tiktok and yeah stuff. <laughs> but Camilla's well like, then all right all right i mean sure. you get it camilla <laughs> We support you and your shipping ways. We do. We so do. <laughs> she hands the phone back to one of the nuns and says, that, and that's how you make a TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, wow, girl. Yeah, girl. Get it. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves, she leaves her gaggle of nuns and goes into this, goes through all of these, this parts of this building and in, internally and externally and ends up going through a secret door in a library because that's where all secret doors are you know like book in a bookcase and we find mother superior and turns out camilla wants to tell her about a dream where they were reunited with mary very sad because we don't know what's up with mary except we do because we found out that the actress didn't come back for season two for personal reasons sad when we get no mary yeah and and the thing that camilla says here too that's important is that basically there's like there's no eyewitnesses to what happened to mary and there's like no body so like nobody knows at this point what happened so mary's a big mystery right now no body no eyewitness so like nobody actually knows yeah yeah um she's sad when mother yeah. superior tells her that they kind of need to prepare for the possibility that mary is ded dead and <laughs> i mean i thought i don't know how she you know there's always a way to survive i, I won't say that so Again, basically nobody. Mother, there's, no there's no body exactly if there's no body there's no no there's a possibility that person's alive and Obviously, there's no body because they don't know what happened to Mary. Um, Mother Superior, not really comforting her, but basically saying, prepare for the worst, bitch, because the worst usually happens this <laughs> here. Is this is Warrior Nun. And they also may have to go to London because there's a Wraith Demon situation. And that's about all we get with them. It's a very short scene. 
because we switched to Portugal with the asshole Vincent. Yeah, basically the point of that scene is like Mother Superior and Camilla are holding down the OCS fort. That's basically exactly. Exactly. And yeah, and then we get the not hot priest who is (laughs) Adriel's biggest lackey and a drunk again. Isn't that fun? Yeah, man, tons of fun. But thankfully, he doesn't over the dudes. I was really confused. I was trying to figure out where we were in my notes, and I just realized I didn't say anything about the dudes. Oh, valid. But we get a lady Um, in this scene, so we do get a lady in this scene because we have uh, Lilith who finds Ah. Vincent. Yeah, she's on her. She's on her vigilante shit. I'm here for that. Yeah she is and grabs him and tells him she's about to torture them basically she's about to torture the fuck out of him unless he tells her all the things like what the fuck's going on and she's like basically on a solo mission to find out what happened to mary yeah is like and so that's how he stops her from torturing him because he's like oh hey mary's with adriel off being held somewhere and she's like i don't believe you but also i kind of need to know yeah so he's obviously lying about whatever's going on but lilith is not going to take that chance uh, that he he might be there might be a little bit of truth in there so she tells him she's basically like okay then show me yeah show and tell bitch and then shove show and tell <laughs> just let just show me mary and then I have Take to point to out that, like, this is a question for somebody who's in charge of the show. But what the hell is going on with Lilith's hair? Because at the season one finale, it was mostly gray. And now in this scene, when we first see her again, there's, like, a streak. So what the hell is going on there? Mm-hmm. Needed to point that out. Is this another general alder hair issue? Right. That's what that- I was like, why are all the shows we're covering have something to do with the white hair and well like in season one it almost seemed like every time lilith tapped into whatever power she has from the other dimension her hair would gray but then and it ma- it went full-blown pretty much at the end where they had the big battle and then now it's right. like is she recovering but like that one streak kind of like always stays so is this a rogue from x-men situation i'm not sure this is a question for the showrunner i'm just throwing yes. that out there i have to yeah. point it out because it's different from like exactly. it's, it's it's a good question we need to know but Correct. i mean we know it's it's showing lilith changing but Why how is it did they just drop the hair thing and start using the whole she's growing scales thing instead right, right. is she adapting kind of to the power I, mm-hmm. yeah i can't figure that out. what happened in the two months is my question yeah oh well well Questions for Simon for 5,000. But we get to go meet a new character. Mina, I love you. We love Mina. We got to talk to Mina. She's That was the only note I had for this scene. Mina, I love you. She's (laughs) adorable. I love her. Yes, Yasmin, our new fave. Yes, Yasmin Aminette. She's adorable as fuck. And she's meeting with the Pope on a rope to discuss an article that she's writing for the economist (laughs) but also can we talk about that the fact like okay the i couldn't get over that detail because like the economist is not a nothing no journal like that's highly fucking prestigious so that it is 
So to have this woman come in there and be like, I'm writing for the economy. Like, that's a huge deal. Like, it is. she's stupidly intelligent if she's writing for, like, a journal of that caliber. So yeah. that's setting up who Yasmin is. Well, we see how smart she is in this scene because. Yeah, but, like, damn girl. It is. I'm, like, here for that. So she's saying that she's writing an article about lost Christian artifacts. And I would like to mentally insert the Shurjan meme in everyone's head at this point. Correct. But, uh, so this conversation, it's all Gucci until Pope on a rope. <laughs> Shoes. I'd like to point out that I did not write Pope on a rope in my notes. That was Caitlin. <laughs> I, I found and replaced all of the Pope with Pope on a rope, but then I thought it didn't take, so I did it again. So now it just says Pope on a rope on a rope. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm intentionally leaving out the second on a rope. <laughs> so Pope on a rope and his um his bishops. Well, what I said was it's all Gucci like Pope on a rope shoes. Cause he likes fancy shit. He does. Uh <laughs> until Yasmin brings up Adriel and the OCS. So yeah, which is why he starts here. to get shifty and uncomfy because she shouldn't know about all this. And now he's going to have to deal with the fact that she's here and says that she's about to write an article and she's talking about secret shit that the Catholic Church has been hiding for centuries. Not a good day for Pope on no. a rope. So... They have this kind of back and forth where Yasmin keeps pushing and the Pope keeps like basically saying no, no, no. And then the Pope and his posse get up and leave because she's too close to the truth talking about Adriel the OCS and what happened at the Vatican. We find out after the Pope and his posse Pope and our open his posse leave that she was really there to somehow connect with the Vatican telecommunications network because she picks up her phone and you see that she's now connected. They're like, Oh, thank you for this. And she's like, no, thank you. And yeah. It's now hacked into the Vatican. Yeah. She's basically like hacking into his cell phone is what she's doing. Yeah. Cause we see that play out later. Um, but the other thing I want to point out in this scene uh, with Yasmin is her general enthusiasm for what's happening. Yeah, so she's not only, like, incredibly intelligent, handles the situation like a boss, but she's genuinely, like, loves what she's taught. Like, you get that mm -hmm. from her immediately, like, loves it. And she also, uh, other point of information that's basically revealed in this scene, when she starts, she shifts immediately into the Adriel stuff. And you can, the, you get the, uh, the Pope basically expresses that he's denouncing this guy right now. Like mm -hmm. they're, so this has been two months since this dude's been out in the world. And so the Catholic church is not acknowledging this entity yet. And we get into that more as the season goes on, but like, that's another important piece from this scene. Right. Exactly. So that scene, the only amazing thing about that scene is Jasmine and now we have to move on to a less enjoyable scene because we go to Jillian and Christian Jillian is a hot ass mess that hasn't left this lab in weeks 
and yeah. isn't sleeping. Julian has not slept or probably eaten anything. But hey, the arc is activating every six hours, and Christian's there to see it spark for a second. She has tried to go through it, and it has burned the shit out of her, as evidenced by the scars on her arms. And I really hate her storyline because it's still all about being a mother and Michael, and she has no other purpose in life. I I disagree a little bit with that right now. Um, I think that the Michael thing is obviously, it, it's like the underlying motivator, but from the way she talks in this scene, I think that Jillian has like an obsessive personality because in order to be as successful and to be a like, not even successful, but to be like an expert in your field, you kind of have to be obsessive. And it really highlights here. She hasn't left this lab. She's like obsessed with the portal. And it's not just Michael. She's like, yeah, yeah, the prospect of getting, I think she's moved past that. She has an obsession with what is going on with this portal Mm -hmm. because she's tried to send drones through. She's like going through the scientific method and she's like almost in the level of like being just curious about this thing to an obsessive degree. So I think it is about Michael, but I think she's moving into just straight up obsession with the other dimension at this point. Like she's just, I can't even bother with her business. Like at some point he's like, Hey, can you sign these papers for this like building? And she's like, uh, what building? Also, whatever. I trust you. She's like, she has no space for anything else. She's obsessed with this, with the, she absolutely is. Yeah. So hi, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. I guess the problem I have is her obsession. Not only. Like, I wish that it was just, I don't know, she she gets better a little later, but um, I agree with you. She does have to have an obsessive thing with this portal and what happened. I think it's just her need to know what happens, what happened, what happens. Yes, what happens. I think she's teetering from like, into just straight up scientific curiosity with this thing. And that I think manifests as the season goes on because she does things. It's not really about Michael. It's kind of about like, what the fuck is going on? Like she's just, yeah. yeah. So she's, she's also progressing character wise, but yes, that's basically where she's at. She's like, I got any guy in space for architect right now. I see what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like the way she talks to Michael or not Michael Christian in the scene where he's like, Hey, business stuff. You haven't come into the office. Like she's just obsessed with this thing. And like has no, she's like, I trust you to run the business, whatever, which is her downfall. And like, he's yeah, it, scheming and plotting. And that's basically the scene. Gross. He's, he's gross. That's what he is. Yeah. He's taking so, advantage of like her preoccupation precisely. to finance his own stuff right now. Because she's given over her entire empire to him. And now it's the Christian empire and, or more specifically the Adriel empire's we're gonna yeah. see later but she signs the papers and can we just go back to b and ava is what i have and then yes we can because yeah, let's guess what let's move it's on. the training scene the training scene it's the best scene yet because it's a, it's a good scene so we get to see ava running along and beatrice is in her ear telling her to halo blast rocks and run across the water and then the halo goes out while she's running across the water to get to Beatrice, which is such a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> it super is. And so she goes right into the water. <laughs> Thank I mean, God 
Beatrice taught her how to swim. Uh, yeah, this would have been <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Beatrice would have had to rescue her. Yeah. So, um, very cool little scene there with her running across the water. So, Caitlin, do you have any comments on how they made the walking on water scene happen? Or running on water? Oh, you said walk on walking on water, and then all I heard in my head was, I'm walking on sunshine. Of course. <laughs> Sorry, I had to just say it. Um, so Michael told me that they used a platform in a shallow part of the lake, and so they just had it go all the way out. And then they removed it in post very carefully. I really want to see them do it. Yeah. Apparently they really put cool. out they put out a like the making of the visual effects of season one. Oh. I didn't see it, but apparently that exists. You need to find really it. Look that yeah, I'm gonna look that up. Um and they're planning on doing it for season two, but they don't know the timeline for it. All right, well, we'll look forward to that. Heck yes. So, like, basically, she was running in some kind of water, but there's just something under her feet, so you get all the splashing and stuff. Yeah, and it happens with Adriel in the next episode. Yeah, when yeah. he walks in the water. Yeah, so, like, they, they are in the water a little bit. Yeah, that's cool. So the water They've wasn't, like... a platform to run. Yeah. You know, that but would they be... They had to, like, take out reflections and... I imagine it was a lot of work to make that thing disappear. There's a whole team of people who just do like certain things. Yeah. I think it's, it would be, if it was me, I would have fallen off. I wonder how many times Alba fell off the platform. Right. Running to the end. Right. Totally. Cause it has to end. She has to fall into the water. <laughs> that should must I feel cold. like there would be an indication. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, but how many the... takes was this where she had to keep falling into the, no, I mean, like, oh, slowing down and stopping is hard. <laughs> oh, so, like, if she ever tried to slow down and not go off the platform, I could see that not being easy. But, yeah, that's really cool that he told us how that happened, mm -hmm. and I hope we get to see it in the making of. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys, out. go check out the making of the video effects breakdown of season one insane what they have to do yes yes i will definitely watch that after we get out of here yeah, but... yeah. thank all you right. what else we got going on this scene all right so they get to she finally gets over to beatrice apparently because they're sitting on a rock she's all wet beatrice is not but hey beatrice's <gasps> arms are out so we like it they sure are <laughs> welcome to the gun show everyone welcome to the gun show That's really beatrice is the star <laughs> they look also, good in nature together they do look good in nature together you're so right it's they just so look beautiful. good together in general but yes in nature especially I mean this shot okay. is beautiful with the mountains in the background it reminds me of a scene in Terminator Genesis when really? yeah like I don't know the way Ava is with her hair wet mm -hmm. it just it, I forget which scene it is I had to watch it like five times to do a trailer in school and it just reminded me of it. And so I wanted to say it, even though it's not relevant. Oh. Everything is relevant. Everything is relevant. Uh, 
Question about the Halo, because, all right, so there, basically, it, also, like, Ava gets to do in a second, like, the Halo thing going out. Mm-hmm. I wonder, is that, I forget, is, is this connected to, like, the pulse field happening every six hours in the portal? That was the- my other question, was, is it connected to that, or is it connected to Ava's emotions being all over the place? Well, I, I don't know that it's her emotions, just because... This minor spoiler, if for some reason you're watching this as we were talking about it. Um, she talks about later in the season where it's like, it's getting worse. I don't mm-hmm. know that it's emotional. I think it has to do with whatever's like sending energy through the portal. So I wonder if that's, it's like on a time right. that gets yeah. like increases in uh, right. frequency. Yeah. You have to be correct. Um, yeah. So I wonder if like this happened as like Jillian and Mike, uh, Jillian and Christian are in the lab and they're like, oh, look, it happened again. And then like Ava falls in the water. <laughs> like, right. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. So they have a little chat about how Ava thinks everything is her fault. Yeah. She feels guilty. She feels guilty. That's yeah. what's happening. And Beatrice just tries to be like, no, it's not. But I don't think. Beatrice is really gonna get through to her on that, so unfortunately, unfortunate. But for some reason, I lost my place in my notes. Is it because I messed them up? I don't think so. I think it was me. Um. So here, when she's like basically expressing that Ava, meaning Ava, is expressing that she feels guilty, like she says stuff like. Basically that she feels very naive, like she was taken advantage of by Adriel, which yep. she she by was. Vincent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Vincent too, who's basically acting out what Adriel wanted. And like Beatrice is essentially like, no, 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 like we're not the part of the basically the big conflict here is that like Ava feels guilty and she wants to like make up for all of this. She's like, the world mm-hmm. is burning because of me. And Beatrice is like, yeah, kind of, but also like you're you're not not doing anything right now what your job is right now is to prepare to battle him. Like that's your job. You're the only one that can do that. And so you have to prepare for that. So you are doing something, but by quote unquote hiding, you know, Ava feels like I'm not doing anything. I'm running from my responsibilities instead of like, act like taking ownership of this situation, which again, character growth for Ava. Cause that was not season one, Ava. This is season two, Ava. Yes. But Beatrice has to keep reminding her you're doing, you need to be patient, learn patience. That's basically this whole conversation. And Ava's not really even letting Beatrice talk all that much, but it's it's the same. They have this conversation several times throughout the season, but especially in the first, like, two episodes. So it's just like, girl, it's okay. But also it's like a conflict. Again, again, they complement each other, but remember, compliments are also opposites. Mm-hmm. So this is an opposite ideology from the, these two characters Absolutely. where Beatrice is like, Hey, like we need to hide and learn some skills because that's Beatrice's default. And Ava's like, we need to go punch the angel. Like that's yes. just, they're just, these are different personalities and they're clashing, but they're communicating in a healthy way with each other and trying to like meet each other in the middle a little bit. But at this mm-hmm. point, I think Ava has passed her like patience point where she's like, yep. I can't keep doing nothing. Like, I'm just getting to the point where I can't keep doing things your way, Beatrice. I need to do things my way. That's basically, we're coming to a head with that when we come back into the story. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I need to point out that uh, this conversation, to me, 
on the rewatch sounds like a, re- a giant metaphor for their whole relationship is basically what this is because Beatrice is like we need to keep hiding and like figure our shit out before we act on anything which is what Beatrice is doing with her feelings versus Ava who's like I'm at the point where I can't I, I need to like act on these feelings yeah that's literally their relationship this this conversation it is double meanings everywhere but is that <laughs> don't just don't just don't look at me like that okay <laughs> <laughs> all right all right unfortunately so, any more about this scene any more about this scene because unfortunately we have to go back to the men <laughs> yeah so uh, let's we're gonna breeze through this let's wrap this uh, up in one sentence oh wait you have something to say caitlin uh-uh, i said bleh. yes bleh. <laughs> so back to pope on a rope on a rope and <laughs> christian <laughs> <laughs> meeting up christian is trying to convince him that adriel is the real deal and they should work together christian is like Adriel is the bridge between faith and science. Listen, bitch. <laughs> no, he's not. I know. He's using you, but hey, whatever. Uh, he wants the church to legitimize Adriel. And also, my note is that Christian is a true <gasps> believer no matter what he's sinks himself into. Boom. He so, uses words like reborn. So that is 100% what's happening here. Absolutely. Guys, yep. I have like five notes on this. Oh, this scene? I think so. Oh, shit. Let's go. I'm ready. I don't fully know what they are. <laughs> I mean, the first one, so Adriel is an angel, question mark. You guys already answered that one. The second one is, why do I still not understand this show? Because <laughs> the men are talking. This one, someone says it. I don't know who. And I said, a pilgrim? How is that relevant? Oh, okay. So... Pilgrim in a religious sense is somebody who essentially like makes the journey to the Holy Land. It's it's like a true believer. Again, Christian keeps using language that indicates that he's a fanatic. He's actually a fanatic, though he hides under the guise of being Mr. Intellectual, Mr. Science. He is a fanatic, a religious fanatic. So pilgrim doesn't mean the American pilgrims who came over on the Mayflower. It means a very devout religious person that makes long journeys to the place of the holy place. That's what it means here. Yeah. Yeah. This is the scene with Vincent? No. Okay. That's the next one. then. Okay. Cool. No, no, no. No, I said it wrong. I said it wrong. It wasn't Vincent. It was the other dude. It was the Pope on a rope. On a rope. Because that's <laughs> right. I got the names messed up, mixed up. Okay. So this is the scene with the Pope on a rope. On yes. a rope. It's the Pope with okay. Christian, yeah. I asked, is he a good guy? But then I just made a comment, but still a dude. Yeah. <laughs> None of them are good. The men are all slippery in the show. Yeah, the men are all mired in their own particular moral quandaries and That we're not going to get into because we don't care about no, that. No, we don't care. Nope. All right. My next one's about Camilla, so go ahead. Ooh, all right. Well, the next um, scene, which is more fun. <laughs> The next scene is Michael's back at the bar and he and Ava are talking in code again, except it's not very good code. They no. kind of suck at this. <laughs> They're both terrible. So she's like, I want to help. And then we get a shot of Beatrice doing the books over there. She's looking over at him, being concerned about what this whole Michael and Ava convo thing is. <laughs> she's jealous. Yeah. And yes. then he reveals that he is working with a group called the Samaritans. 
And also pointing out that the cultists are called the firstborn children or FBC from henceforth. He describes his group like it's on a brochure somewhere as a decentralized cadre of like-minded people. Like what did he like just did somebody make up a brochure for this group? Is this of the decentralized? HR? It's like the HR. They have to go to HR, and HR is like, "Listen, this is how you talk about the vigilante group. You use these positive words, and like that's the spiel they get before they go out in the world to recruit." Apparently, people. yeah, like they need to take some notes from the spree. I don't know. No, well, that's okay. For those that watch Motherland, that is what this is. This is a group, yeah. a decentralized group. There is no leader, and they're just <sighs> causing disruption, which is like terrorism ragtag it's the same concept this is the grassroots movement in response to the cult to adria's cult basically yep yep um uh, what's really important about this scene is that beatrice misinterprets this conversation as flirting and gets jealous because drama that's really the main part of the scene (laughs) and it's so good what did i write what did i write (laughs) that's what i wrote (laughs) Michael and Ava toast to the group doing their thing, but she wrote French toast. (laughs) Oh, also, I have one comment about Miguel, Michael, whatever. Who the fuck comes into a bar multiple times a day and orders water? Uh, The guy that wants Ava for breakfast. So, like, from Beatrice's perspective him being interested in Ava is totally valid because who does that? You only do that when you're interested in the person giving you the drink. So, like, her jealousy is totally valid here. What if he's just lonely? I think that's really what it is because this boy has no friends. And he's also just trying to recruit people. He's his best... So, if you look at the his group, the Samaritans, they're kind of... Again, this is like a counter-movement to the cult, but they have similar similarities where he's trying to actively recruit people like the cult is recruiting people, but he's so him coming in the bar is like a recruitment thing. But it's weird yep. that he just comes orders water. Do you even have to pay for that? It's water, but like it's it's yeah. weird. Just as jealous. You better tip that. her, right? Like you can't just get the her? goods and not tip her. Well, he doesn't get the goods. That's all Beatrice's. But see, he thinks <laughs> of her as French toast. He does think of he her as French her toast. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame him. Oh, However, I want French toast now. So there you go. This is anyway. This is <laughs> this went off the rails. <laughs> we're head baiting. That's what we're doing. No, is head baiting. This is one hundred percent head baiting. It, it absolutely is. That was our prediction, and we were one hundred percent right. This is correct. Uh, Beatrice spares them one super jealous, concerned look at the end, and that's what we get. I love all of the like when you we see Beatrice and the wheels are turning in her head. Christina does a really good job of like showing that and oh it's just like you want to reach out and give her a hug and be like it's going to be okay except it's not yeah. but <laughs> anyway does anyone have anything else to say about this scene it was super no. cute love it love it okay oh, apparently I didn't care enough to write anything about it hey that's fine because we're going to go back to Pope wait, on a Rope on a Rope are you not even distracted by Ava's outfit in the scene Come on now. It was nice. Her wardrobe also is like on point point this season. She she glowed up. She is okay. She is our bisexual Jesus. That has been confirmed. Yes, she is. This This episode was written written notes at uh, 11 something at night. 
This is why we prepare earlier. <laughs> they have the visual. We have that. Um... I've seen this episode so many times now. But yes, Ava's outfit, 10 out of 10. Yes, I love it. Ava's so, a 10 out of 10. Let's Ava is a 10 out of 10. And that's why she deserves Beatrice, because Beatrice is also a 10 out of 10. Beatrice is a 20 out of 10. So. Okay, fair, fair. I didn't want to be mean to Ava, but... Also, well, Beatrice excuse me. In the scene. To me? Okay, okay. Ava is just as high. Okay. All right. All righty. We have a... We have a numbering war. And big yeah. team, big team. How would you, listening at home, rate... <laughs> Ava don't do that no i feel i feel really bad rating people rate their wardrobe yes yes rate the wardrobe i'm anyway. sorry ava's wardrobe is better than ava's okay. wardrobe has more diversity yes but it that is totally is reflected they both okay side tangent about costuming Costumes nailed the personality of these two people. Yes. Like, nailed it. Because Beatrice's outfits, she's very, like, conservative. Costumes is Christina with a C. Yeah, and uh, and Ava's very much, like, again, live in the moment. Like, she has, like, fun shirts and, like, a variety of outfits. And, like, it's very, it, they nailed the characters. The she has a lot of like, pants that have wide legs. Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. It, it just, wide it flowy legs. Yeah, Ava and hats and it's all good. It is all good. Ava, Ava's cool. like, I'm gonna dress gay before I know I'm gay. She's signaling to Beatrice. Is what she's. She's yeah. trying so hard to be like, Hey, look at me. Look at me. Beatrice, I'm someone who'd be into you. Come on. Continually <laughs> <a> buttoned up <laughs> because she's still hiding. They yep. do it so well with the wardrobe. Like, yep, they yep, nail yep. the they nail the characters' headspaces. Is what I'm saying. And I do love. That Christina's favorite costume was my favorite costume. Which was what? It's the one with the the shirt that's like a tan color that buttons up, and then the sleeves have a bit of a flounce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The dark pants, the slacks. Yeah. I think since yeah. season episode two, I think that outfit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is where it comes up. Hell yeah! All right, we're going on to Pope on a rope on a rope, and Suzanne. Okay, <laughs> Superior. <laughs> they're speaking Italian in this scene. Love they it. are. I'm here for uh, Mother Superior speaking Italian. Yes. Ken has more of this. So they're having a chat where she tries to get him to treat the Adriel situation like a real boots on the ground thing. Like they need to do something now. And he's telling her, well, it's just political at the moment until Adriel actually attacks. So Mother Superior knows and sees way better than anyone else in the Catholic Church at this moment, besides the assholes that are already for Adriel, that shit's about to go down and they need to preemptively get on top of it. However, the Pope, ever sitting in his mob boss mentality, is like, listen... He's wearing, this is a track, he's wearing a tracksuit. He's season. wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> like literally, this is like the Sopranos. Like I just can't even with it. But you're oh right. Oh my god, yeah, I was about right. to ask if he was Italian. <laughs> I mean, technically, that's a valid question because popes do come from like all countries. However, I think it's pretty safe to say that that Duretti is probably Italian. <laughs> 
Yeah, the, the name is pretty Italian sounding. Yeah. Not Italian. I'm sorry, I don't know the origin of every last name. That's just, yeah. It, well, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, also, yeah, his his background doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, it's again, this is Mother Superior being the voice of reason, being like, we need mm-hmm. to fucking do something. I'm um, foreshadowing because. Yep. Yeah. Um, we get a very short scene with Yaz hacking into the Vatican, basically. Slash phone system, phone thing, phone stuff. Yeah, she traced their calls, basically what it was. So she's listening in on yep. that whole She's listening. More Yaz. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. It's very short-lived because then we have to go over to Mother Superior and Camilla having a chat about Lilith not reporting in. Where the They're like, where the fuck's Lilith? And now they're like, hmm. Maybe we should chill. You know, we've been working a lot. <laughs> Camille's like, yeah, let's go have dinner. <laughs> I feel like they skip off into the sunset type of thing. But however, <laughs> oh, damn. We go very briefly to Lilith and Vincent arriving at this compound. And in my head, all I can think of is, girl, run. But at the same time, <laughs> don't. Because... I enjoy Don't. what happens. Yeah, I enjoy the way this plays out. And I need to note that the guards guarding Adria's compound, their uniforms are uh, basically Nazi uniforms. So I need mm-hmm. to put that out. So again, we're setting They're up They're cosplaying Nazis, except Correct. they are. Yes, Caitlin. I, don't, I wanted to interrupt real quick because I don't know where this goes. But all I said was Camilla looks like she is crushing on Mother Superior. Oh, probably the prior scene. Like, let's get yeah. yeah that's why. I, that's why I was like, I have to interrupt now before we get to the next one. I mean, I totally get it. Well, the next scene's like gonna be a thirty minute discussion. So yes, valid. <laughs> well, no, the next one, as in they go the back next one to with them. Find oh, the yeah, harem, one hundred percent. Right, the harem. Well, the next scene is the bar. Then back to sadness as MS and Camilla find all the nuns there murdered. That's later. That's like that's in, later. That's later. Oh shit. It's all good. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Okay, just give give us a second. All right. So they have the chat. Got it. I see what I messed up. Lilla shows up and then and then I'm like. My note is, oh, hell yeah, we're back at the bar with, with Avatris. So Ava's about to get B drunk for the first time is basically what's happening here because she finds out that Beatrice has never really had any alcohol. She only sips the communion wine, which tracks. I mean, why why would Beatrice want to lose control? But she's going to go there with Ava. I have so many. All right, I have a ton of notes before I even get to that part. Okay, wait, so... This whole scenario is actually pretty funny to me. So when they first get there, Beatrice is like tired and wants to go home. Yeah. It's like what? Eight o'clock. So, mm-hmm. okay. I have to like, I feel be- that. Right. Oh. In my soul. I think Beatrice is the person whose bedtime is like nine o'clock. And she's mm-hmm. like, it's almost my bedtime. Like I need to go home. <laughs> and she's like, like Brie. Oh my God. Brie gets up at a stupid hour of the day. So, like, understandable. Oh, yeah. but I think Beatrice is just, like, in bed by 9 o'clock. That, that's who she is. That is just yeah. who she is. And even the scenario is, like, I had a shit day. Like, 
and I need to tell you the stuff about the Miguel stuff. Like we need to right. talk, we have to talk about this. Like, come, I need a drink though. Cause like it's heavy. Let's, let's go hang out. And Beatrice immediately goes into the, oh, he's, you've been charmed by some guy. Like that's immediately where her brain goes. I mean, Ava's track record. Also, it's not an unfathomable thing, but also, again, this is Beatrice with her double standard where she keeps saying to Ava, like, you're letting your emotions get in the way of everything, of the mission. Or that's what Beatrice is doing right now because logical strategist Beatrice would want to know the information Ava mm-hmm. is going to tell her about this group because it it does play a role in the whole OCS stuff and like the bigger picture. So like, this is Beatrice having the double standard of like, I, my emotions are clouding my judgment and I can't help it. But she calls Ava out for it. So she like kind of projects her own like stuff she can't control onto Ava, which she has done before, but it like really is getting problematic in a way. And then, then they transition into like the, what do you mean you've never drunk before? How has this never come up before? They work at yeah. a bar. They work in a bar. <laughs> like how? How has this never they come they up before? Spend this whole time not talking about how Beatrice has never drank alcohol. I mean, was that a question? At night? Like, yeah. What? What do you, what? What do you guys do at night in your apartment alone in the one bed? Thank you. They do word searches. I think Beatrice passes out. Eva entertains herself. (laughs) But yeah, seriously, I'm just like, how has this ever come up before? Word searches. Word searches. But no, it's it's um, strangle punch. It's definitely the strangle punch and the the horse ballet word search. There you go. Oh my god. Yes. Um, I was hoping you would get that because I just realized I was the only person who saw it already. (laughs) Oh my god. Um, Go watch our reaction videos. Yes. I think that it's really funny that Beatrice is finally having emotions that she can't just like stuff down and she she cannot control her emotions that's part of like yeah and 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 whether she recognizes that or not I'm not entirely sure Miguel is uh getting on her everlast fucking nerve and she doesn't want to hear anything that has to do with him because jealousy and in her head she's by Caitlin she's probably justifying that by well Ava's just like like she said, getting charmed by this person, but also being dragged into a situation where they're going to get exposed. So it's like she's using the logical parts of that to cover up her emotions in her head. That's what I feel like is going on. Yeah, she's she's yeah, she's uh, rationalizing that. Yeah, to fit her own narrative. Mm-hmm. But at the same time is ironically doing what she thinks Ava is doing, which is using her emotions are clouding mm-hmm. judgment here. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, we're getting to the meat and potatoes of the gay. Yes. So there's a lot. Um, so back to sadness. And oh, wait, 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 wait. wait, before we get to sadness, there's one last piece of the scene. Okay. Immediately when it was like, oh, I'm getting you drunk for the first time. Yay. Also like, come on, metaphor. I'm going to be your first thing. Whatever. Then she's like, 
Han's shots. And Ava, despite her slowness, has game though, because she does manage to completely invade Beatrice's space mm-hmm. <laughs> while doing this. So kudos to Ava. She does have game despite her slowness. Okay, Beatrice is it. never going to Beatrice would never reach for Ava first, but oh. Beatrice will let Ava invade her space and right. touch her and yep. other things. And that's why the whole fucking time I was like, it's going to have to be Ava initiating anything first. Yeah, Beatrice is too ahead. <laughs> but yeah, kudos to Ava because, again, the girl, yep. has, girl has game. So good yep. for you, girl. I mean... Beatrice wouldn't would never not right now no no I'm no I'm just saying like she would never be able to not let Ava in her space I don't think she doesn't know how to react to it anyway and on some level she wants that so yes exactly (sighs) all of the pent-up gay feelings yep gotta go somewhere Mm mm-hmm Back right, to sadness, I guess. Get past the sadness. Mother <laughs> Superior and Camilla find all of the nuns m- murdered where they are. So Camilla no longer has a harem. They all did. Yeah. Well, so she dead. can be with Mother Superior now. Yeah, I guess. Right. So but back to the bar! Right, so the question <laughs> is, Caitlin, did Mother Superior sabotage the harem so that she can have Camilla all to herself? Oh! The question. That's the background story. That's the question. You know, she, she, that's where she, hmm, episode two, I believe it is. Yes. Yes. The second, next episode, she purposefully puts Camilla there. I'm just saying, if you look at it, but we'll get there. I cannot wait. You can't wait. <laughs> but uh, well, now I have more to say. Shots, 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 shots. We back at the bar. All right. So B takes her first shot. And guess what? It's a lemon drop. So it's not what she expected. It's not entirely unpleasant. Listen, if I live for one thing in this show, it is the unusual for the age and placement. The the way that Beatrice speaks. I love it. It's like that little bit of form formal that she's that she has the way she phrases things. It's freaking adorable, and I love it. So, five points. To Gryffindor. Sorry. Oh my god, guys, my brain is not here. Um. Hi. Continue. Beatrice is a Ravenclaw. Okay. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Sorry, that's the only reference I knew. Um, things get progressively gayer, oh, as oh, someone once oh, said. Oh, let's, uh, hold on, wait. Before we get to the progressively gayer stuff, I want you to talk about that shot scene real quick. So, hold oh, on. I, couple, I have something to say, A couple too. of things. Go, Go. First, Beatrice is like, wait, you're giving me straight-up liquor? Shouldn't I start with wine? Um, as somebody who's never drunk before, yeah, you probably should. She probably should have mm-hmm. started with wine, first of all. And Beatrice, like you said, with the being so formal and stuff, she's a wine drinker. Like, let's keep that. Let's be real. Yes. And throughout this whole thing, she's clearly like super out of her comfort zone here. And I love if you missed this, please go back and watch it. Ava's trying to like, again, get her to loosen up. So when they get the shot glasses, she tries to cheers Beatrice, but Beatrice is so out of it that all she does is stare at the glass. And so like Ava has like no <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, <laughs> like 
she tries so hard. And Beatrice she is gets like, left hanging. What is this? <laughs> he gets left hanging. It's hilarious. If you missed that, please go back and watch it. It's really fucking funny. I did miss that. It's Every funny. second of this whole, of this sequence <laughs> is absolutely it's so wonderful. Funny. She's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kudos to both of these actors for b- being amazing in this. Yeah. And then Ava, again, like the whole time is just trying to get her to like loosen up and be herself. And so then she tries to crack the nun joke and like, yep. They gets Beatrice like to. Relax. And that's when Beatrice joins in. And more importantly, that's when Ava's sweater comes flying the fuck up. She's yes. like, I don't need the sweater anymore. Look at my tank top. You mean Beatrice? And- mm-hmm. No, no, no. Ava starts it in this scene. Uh, Ava does start like, it. She's like, one shot. Woo! I don't need this fucking sweater. Yeah. She's like, I'm yeah. hot now. Let's Emotional let's armor. Gone. It's gone. I have yes. none. I have no emotional, no barriers. She like, has none. Look she, at me. <laughs> she has a none. <laughs> it is Beatrice. She has a none. <laughs> she's getting her none. That's what yeah. she's doing. But she's I like, what the ask- I want to ask someone if they were drinking water or like what was like they're actually drinking. We will ask that. Um, so, yeah. Whatever they're drinking, we'll find out someday. Yeah. The You're absolutely right. As soon as like I know, noticed that really? on the Why? every viewing that I've had that Ava's like, all right, woo! Flying. It just goes flying. She's like, I don't fucking need this. Look, 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 and look at my outfit. And is still sitting there, like wide eyed, going, What the fuck is that? She's like, That was sweet. Like, she's just yeah. oblivious. completely oblivious. Yep. This scene is about Beatrice being completely oblivious the entire time and Ava not being oblivious at all. No, Ava <laughs> has some processing. But also, like, think about, like, with Beatrice, it's this is the different headspaces, mm-hmm. right? Ava's let's live in the moment versus Beatrice does really doesn't know how to do that nope. like here she's not conscious of living in the moment she lets go but it is not really in the moment like that's a barrier she has yep her. yeah um so we get them starting to dance i really like the song they chose for this as well so uh they we see is there any like specific moments that you want to pick out besides the one that we're before the one that we're going to talk about no the only thing i want to point out is that in this scene <clears throat> we talked about this when we kind of did like our season two predictions but i'm just gonna for those who didn't really let, listen to warrior on season one first of all go back and listen to that and then come back well come back later i want to point out the again the wardrobe stuff with with um and hair and makeup with with beatrice so ava tosses the sweater because again, clothing, when you're covered up in clothing, it can symbolize a character is like closed off emotionally or hiding or things like that. And that's why Beatrice's wardrobe is very conservative. But in this scene, we get the complete opposite of Beatrice's normal wardrobe in when they're here, like dancing and having fun. Her, her like grandma sweater or grandfather sweater, it looks like a retiree. <laughs> like would It's own literally just a sweatshirt, I think. Yes. But, but like the style of it, like when later when Ava's like, what are you, 70? Yes. Look at the sweater. This is a sweater a 70 year old would wear. Like that's Beatrice, right? In the scene when they're dancing, the sweater is gone. So it's just, she has like short sleeve, very casual looking outfit. And then her hair is down. Her hair is never down. Like never. Nope. Except, yeah, never. So usually what that means for a character who has their hair up 
all the time. When it's down, it usually means that their mask is down, their emotional walls are Mm -hmm. down. So that is used very purposely in like film. Because think about all this stuff is very on purpose. So in this moment, it's important to know and recognize that Beatrice is the most, to quote Sister Melanie, like unbound, unburdened, finally me. So that is what this moment is. So the scene we're going to fixate on is really important because that's what Beatrice is showing in this moment Yep, with Ava. So, yeah. So, yeah. We have Beatrice being completely herself. Completely. Not, no hiding. And then Ava has this moment when they're dancing where she's watching Beatrice be free, basically. And And it's like, bam. Like, I have feelings for this person. This is what what is going on. Like, I I don't know if it's like, holy shit, she's beautiful. Like, but literally everything about her kind of situation. It's, it's like she actually cottons on to how she's actually feeling about Beatrice. I'm going to take that a step further. I'm with you. This is, this is, we said it. Uh, you think it's, it, I love you. I, I love Beatrice. I think, is, I think so. Okay. So, I didn't um, want to go that far in case I was like going to U-Haul no. town. This is, I, this is Ava's, I'm in, oh shit. I'm in love with I'm in love moment. with this person. I'm but. in love with this person. And okay. I'm, well, I will explain why, because again, this is Beatrice purely being Beatrice, which is, which has been a thing Ava's been trying to like draw Hoax out of her. And I imagine They've been, it's just been the two of them, really. Because Beatrice, I don't think, interacts with anybody else except Ava, really. And so, in close quarters, over the past month, two months, I, I think Ava has seen more of Beatrice than anybody else ever has ever seen. So, like, she knows her pretty well at this point. And it's very clear from the dialogue in the beginning of the episode where she's, like, basically flirting with Beatrice. Like, low-key, like, the yes mother. Just kidding. Like, she's, like... Like, no, I'm really, I'm not looking at that dude. Like, she's very, like, I think she's aware she kind of has feelings for Beatrice. But, like, Beatrice, again, like you said, like, Ava would have to be the first one to make a move because Beatrice would never. Because she doesn't, she's oblivious. So I think Ava's had these feelings and doesn't, is like, whatever, we're friends, like, whatever. Kind of, like, doesn't, because sometimes you can have feelings for somebody, but, like, if, like, you put him in a box where you're like, I can't like this person. Like, it's just whatever, like, whatever kind of thing. I think here, Ava's like, fuck like i'm in love with this person um because she finally gets her to be free and i think they they show us too through how they shoot and do the post editing with this scene because the lead up to it it's kind of like they slow things down a little bit when they're dancing and then they give us ava's point of view where it's literally just beatrice in the center of the frame just being free like just being free dancing hair flowing all that stuff and they drown the music like you hear the the song the whole the whole time, but when Ava is having this moment and having the oh shit moment, the sound drowns because I think for Ava it's kind of like symbolizing that like oh shit like yeah, that is her having the oh shit I'm in love with her moment because the rest of the season the rest of the episodes kind of after this Ava's behavior towards Beatrice changes mm-hmm. in a way like it's more than I have feelings for her. This is a oh shit. I, I'm actually in love with her kind of moment. It's just, it's too much of a shift um, in the way they, they do the sound and the, the setup and the slow-mo. 
this is a big moment, a, a bigger moment for Ava, kind of thing. You know, I didn't even, okay, the first time I made my notes, I put that the oh shit, I love her. And then I backed off of that, and now I regret backing off of that. This is just Join me. <laughs> a proof. This is just proof of that we don't do our notes. We don't see each other's notes beforehand. Because unless I'm messing with Bree's notes, unless she's yeah. messing with my notes. Pope on a rope on a rope. However, I am going to join you in this cadre of like-minded individuals of two. As we talk about how Ava is in love with Beatrice in this moment, or realizes that. So we're here. You want to know the difference of all of us? What? What? The only thing I wrote was gay washes over Ava. I mean, that's true too. That is what happened. That's a more concise way of putting it. But I just think, because like it, I think this is Ava realizes the truth of it all first, then has to sit with it. While Beatrice has to, because like think about Beatrice. Beatrice has never really been out. She's never really been able to like be herself. And I think Ava's very conscious of like Beatrice's whole situation and stuff. And is somebody who's not going to like push her. And that's kind of what ends up happening, right? Because to get to the I spoiler, I love you at the very end. Mm-hmm. I think Ava already knew. Like, and I think Beatrice didn't, Beatrice is the one who, like, you have to, like, punch her in the face with, like, what's happening for her to be like, oh, shit. Because she's too much in her head to, like, Mm -hmm. sort it out. But I think Ava here sorts it out and then is like, yep, shit. Okay, I'm with you. 100%. It makes sense for the character. It also makes sense for her later conversation for, uh, like you said, the way she acts towards her. But also, there's a conversation way later on where she's trying to kind of, she's, like, tired of not being and so she's kind of trying to say it without saying it but yes. then uh-huh yeah exactly and there's the conversation later with like mother superior and it's yep. like ava already knows that's that mm-hmm. and it's part of a, it's a burden for ava because she's like i know but i just you're not there yet and i get it yeah yeah and then and that's when she starts like like in the next episode she starts like pushing beatrice to be like do you like me do you like me do you like me <laughs> yeah ava knows this was the other shit i love her I'm being I'm so I'm being washed over by the gay of this scene. Yeah, but I I, I also just love the way this is handled mm-hmm. because think about it from Ava's perspective. Like her realization is basically I love you because you're you, which mm-hmm. is my favorite way that that is ever done. And like, yep, the, it's very organic and just the best way to be like I love you for you. And that's what Ava is processing in that moment, and it's mm-hmm. just. That's a healthy relationship. They're so cute. They're very cute. I don't want them to leave the bar. Caitlin's like busted in the corner. Caitlin, what? What's going on? What is going on? Do we even want to know? I want to know. What's up? Are you muted? muted? (laughs) Sorry. I have a song for you. Oh, God. What is it? <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. Yeah, I'm scared. Release your inhibitions. Feel the gay on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. Only you can let it in. No one else. No one else. Feel the gay on your skin. Okay, there needs to be. 
<laughs> there used to be an edit. <laughs> oh um, my god, is it going to be the lesbian Jesus one that I did? I have to sing it and edit yep, it. Yep. yep. Okay, I'll do it. My mom, I'm going to be singing it in here. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yep. It's for work. <laughs> it's for work. I have to. St- I just. I kind of wanted to stay in that moment forever. I know. But because it's cute and I love it and. Huge, and it's, a huge moment. It's a huge moment. Yeah, and we get it in episode one. I, that's what blew yeah. my mind. I was like, okay, oh, Christy told us it gets progressively gayer. So when I saw this episode, I'm like, what the hell's gonna happen? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're starting she, with this. <laughs> I mean, I think she had to undersell the gay, but she undersold the gay. Um, <laughs> I mean, she didn't tell a lie though. It does. Get she gayer. did not tell right. a lie. Right. Wow. Um, geez. So I have a question about the next scene. I have so many questions about the next scene. What is your question? My question is, how the fuck are they not falling all over the place? That is my big question. I call bullshit on this scene. How? Oh, yeah. How are either of them okay? Like, either they, they, because they purposely showed us them taking at least three shots. Beatrice has never drunk before in her life. How mm-hmm. is she fine? Were they at that bar for 24 hours? Thank like, you. What just happened? She's back in her sweatshirt. Her hair's up. She is I, absolutely I, sober. It, how like, are they still? Wow. And, and then they proceed into a fight scene after that. Like, yeah. how are they able to function? I don't understand. It's how? I'd be dead. I don't get I this. Like, would not. This would not happen in any good. I mean, I would be, we'd both be dead, but listen, when they're having, they're even having like a theological discussion uh, right. while like, this is happening. <laughs> like, like they're totally fine. They're just like, yep. Totally um, about angels and stuff. And it's like, what the, how well, is I like no this one scene. like, I need tacos right now. Like, I know. How let's is go to Taco Bell. Bell. Yeah, let's, I'm hungry. <laughs> this is not drunk um, girl behavior. Trash food. I yeah. really like this scene, though, because it's showing... You can tell Beatrice has drank some because she's talking about her like little internal theological crisis that's going on where she's like, is he a real angel? I don't know. I think this is just part of Beatrice sharing her actual inner thoughts about Adriel. And I don't think she would have if she hadn't been drinking a lot or hadn't been a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, Yeah, she's definitely... So I guess side effect of the alcohol, she's definitely in, inhibited, has an inhibition happening here because this is the first hint that Beatrice is having a crisis of faith, which mm-hmm. is huge because Beatrice is the character who is steadfast really, and always. Yeah, but um, when it comes to like the faith part, she she yep. genuinely believes in the faith part, like mm-hmm. unlike Ava, who's just like, whatever. Uh, Beatrice genuinely believes in it. Um. So for her to like be expressing crisis yeah. of faith stuff, that's 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 huge because that's a core of who she is. So I, it, I, it, throughout this episode, really in particular, you get multiple glimpses into the fact that there's a, Beatrice has a lot of fears happening right now, a lot of different ones. This is one of them, a big one mm-hmm. for her is this crisis of faith thing because she's like, well, if he is really this thing I've believed in and like, what the fuck? Because he's a dirtbag. Like is my yep. whole ideology a lie? Basically she's, she's on exactly. the verge of having a crisis of faith. Yeah. Um, and actually my note says 
Beatrice has her sweatshirt back on, her hair back up. Except now she's, she's her crisis of faith is showing. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, I, I, like again, indicating that like her and Ava had another big monumental moment, and Beatrice mm-hmm. is is less hiding. You yep. Because they're talking about how he's not human. Well, then what is he? And Ava's like, I don't have answers for you, girl. Which I don't know. <laughs> Which I don't know. Don't he's know. just a, he's an asshole. That's all you need to know. He's a so, That's their turn. Yeah. Well, unfortunately for our gay party, guess who shows up? Um, Miguel, the het bait. Miguel, aka Michael, being bad at sneaking around. And Ava wants to follow him. Beatrice is like, nah, girl, you go. I'm going to go back to the apartment. This is my next question. What the actual fuck, Beatrice? (laughs) Okay, yeah, let's unpack this. I want to see what everybody thinks. Okay, theories or hypothesis about why Beatrice let her go. What do you guys think? Okay, here's my theory slash hypothesis. I think that at first, Beatrice was like, I really don't want to see them together and talking and stuff right now and she's kind of like what do i do i don't want to let really let her go but at the same time ava's gonna ava and then she's like okay fine you go i'll go back to the apartment but as soon as ava's going off she's like nah bitch you i'm i'm gonna i need to know and so she follows them so you're thinking Beatrice is like, okay, just be Ava and go after the dude. Yeah. Okay. And Caitlin, she's like, letting it happen. Yeah. Caitlin, what but at the same time, being like, I can't. Right. I have well, to. She's know. very jealous. That's obviously yeah. a thing. Caitlin, why do you think Beatrice let Ava go after the dude? Well, at one point, I mean, she's really tired still. And she's like, I just don't want to deal with this. Yeah. And Alex. she valid she's like this bitch still gonna just be straight so may as well just let her go with michael because beatrice had her eyes closed when ava was having a realization oh yeah again this is beatrice and she's like you know what i'll just let her go and i'll just plan with camilla later with her machine gun and like just We'll figure out something for my my Miguel later. I love it. I, I like this. I love this for you. Like um, <laughs> like, I'll yep, that's later. me. Um, <laughs> and then when she's like, but she's like, oh, damn it, I'm supposed to be responsible for this bitch, and I still love her. <laughs> so she's going to just circle back around, like, oh, of course she got in trouble. <laughs> What's new? <laughs> and so she came down. And then I wrote, damn girl, and then she's just like, all right, back to work. Okay, so Caitlin's theory is also top tier. Well done. <laughs> all right, I, I didn't have any idea of what I was going to say when I started speaking. I and made that all up right now. It makes now. it more impressive. It's good. It's good. Okay. So you want to hear mine? Yes, please. All right. So I've seen a lot of agreement with kind of what you guys are saying where Beatrice is like ugh yeah she's into the dude fine go get the dude I don't think that's what she was doing Mm -hmm. because Beatrice 
drunk or not, which apparently they're not, judging by what we just saw, is super observant, right? And so when we see Miguel, he's not just, like, walking casually on the street. He's being creepy as fuck, like, lurking around a corner and then runs around the corner. Like, he's planning to do something, right? And I think Beatrice clocks that and is like, okay, go after the dude. Because her thing is like, okay, from her motivation, she is jealous. But she's like, if this dude's doing shady shit, I want her to see that. And then like not be into the dude. Mm. So she's like, yeah, go after the dude. Because Beatrice is strategizing, right? That's what she does. Because it's not a coincidence. She just shows up and she's like, yep, that's what I thought. And then she's like, let's, I gotta get Ava out of this. So I think she was doing it because of the jealousy but for a different reason where she's like this is shady go ahead go see who this man really is fair enough i like that because like also ava ava even says it she's like well he's acting weird don't you want to know why he's acting weird Mm. and she's like yeah go ahead go find out why he's acting weird like go ahead Mm. okay i see this okay um caitlin Okay, so I have a theory on why they don't look drunk. Okay. Okay. So, they got to the bar, and I almost said Christina. Beatrice has to just go along with Ava's crazy plans, like she always does, because, you know, she's she's in love with her, so she'll do anything for her, obviously. Within reason. And Ava's, Ava's like, I'm going to get you drunk. Like, it's going to happen. And Beatrice is like, the hell? I don't want to do this, but I love her. So I gotta, right? So what they do, and they both do this. They both don't look drunk. They both, like, down, uh, like... Maybe like two shots, two or three at the very most. And then what they do is they just kind of like replace the alcohol with water. But they both like are doing it at the same time. They don't tell each other. And then they just like pretend like they're like full on drunk. So like anything they do could be, oh, I drank too much. So any that could be like if Beatrice saw Ava's reaction to being in love with her. Ava could just be like, oh, yeah, I was drunk. My mind was so over there and like my head normally. So that's why when they leave the bar, they're like, OK, all right. Well, I'm drunk, but I can fully walk. Interesting. I, I, that's I like why it. I'm here. I, it makes sense as to why they're fine. Totally. And Ava's like, oh no, I didn't mean to take your sweater off and take your hair down, Beatrice. I was drunk. (laughs) But the thing is, Beatrice had enough alcohol where she was okay to take the sweater off and have fun. But she wasn't wasted like she was going to pretend, so Ava felt accomplished. Beatrice was definitely some kind of drunk because of the slurring conversation they have where she's like, I'm not royalty. No, that was acting. I don't think Beatrice was acting. <laughs> I also, know, but in my theory, it is. Where did that comment come from? The royalty thing? I don't know. I have questions. I feel like that was like an off-screen thing. Or like something an, that like, got cut. 
No, like, they were talking about it between takes. And then they just kind of like went with it. But it yeah, went, I could see that. Cameras were rolling. I feel rolling. like it's a. I feel like it's a, an Ava brain thing, right? Like you were saying, because Beatrice's parents are diplomats. Yeah. So they're like high up for their country and their representatives. And so Ava's probably like, oh, royalty. Like I think it's an Ava brain thing where she's like, oh yeah, you're royalty. You grew up in a palace and like went to boarding school and shit. Beatrice's like, what? No, like. I, I, I see where Ava's brain's going. Right, you see where Ava's brain would get there. I, I don't my brain, my brain has done that. Yeah, and Beatrice is <laughs> too drunk where she's like, I don't. What are you saying? Like, I'm a nun. <laughs> like, she enough. can't even right now. A secret so, yeah. ass kicking. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll take it. Um, <sighs> Good stuff. Also, fight scene. Also great. Love it. Anytime they fight this together, fight awesome. scene, Ava. Bye, Caitlin. Caitlin does follow him and he's getting the shit kicked out of himself um but hey guess what ava goes right on in and jumps on the ass jacket we saw her accidentally (laughs) accidentally halo push earlier in the episode and is like do you want me to beat your ass again that's who (laughs) that guy is yeah Yeah. that's why she's like want me to do that again yeah well, I knew she said that. I just just didn't pay attention to any of the guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. I do not blame you. Yep. Um, so <clears throat> then Beatrice comes. Oh, well, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Because someone comes up behind Ava and is about to swing and hit her with a crowbar. And Miguel yells, Ava. And then the crowbar, she lets the crowbar face through her. So, hey, he knows something funky is afoot. Yep. And then Beatrice comes in and starts kicking ass as well. And let me just say that all of her moves in this scene are fucking beautiful. Like, they're so, it's literally, you can see all the dance background, but also the dance. It's like the, the choreography of it is a dance. Yeah, I love, there's one scene that's really great, which contrasts Ava really nicely, because like you said, Ava is just like, oh, something's coming at me, I'm going to phase, phase, versus Beatrice, where there's a fist that comes at her, but she, again, is a master martial artist, and just like, dodges it from behind, which is pretty cool, so their skill sets are different, and I love it, Mm -hmm. it's cool, in this one fight. I love that, And, and not only that, she keeps a hold of that person yeah, oh yeah, she's fighting two people at the same time. It's she's very- fighting two people at the same time, so she's kicking this guy's ass in the front, but also, like, putting the other guy that's behind her on the ground as well. Yep. And it's just... Amazing. After drinking it. at the bar. I can't make sense After, of this fight, but it's just it's an awesome fight scene. It's amazing. But we're just going to go with it, because yep. then, th- this is the part I love the most, she pushes the last guy in a very purposeful way towards Ava who just takes him the fuck out. Yep. Tag team queens. Love to see Tag it. Team love it. Love it. Love it. So. <sighs> then we get to Beatrice's least favorite part. Yes. They're exposed the <laughs> in, in some way, basically. And so uh, Beatrice is like, it's time to leave. Let's go. But of course he's like no chance and chases them down. And Ava is ends up trying to convince Beatrice after Michael catches up with them that they should, you know, go with him and see what's happening with the FBC. 
And Beatrice is like, nah, man. But this is the gayest handshake ever in the world is Beatrice shaking yes. hands with Michael. We, yes. Sweet Jesus. Oh First God. of all, she's got her hands in her pockets to begin with. <laughs> okay, so shots for bisexual Jesus for this this handshake. It's yeah. like, it's, okay, this is the classic, like, who's, who's dominating who handshake? Mm-hmm. Because Beatrice is like, I don't want to say hi to this dude. And then it was like, no, say hi. And then she's like, okay. And then does like the most masculine handshake ever. Hand in the pocket. And like, obviously was probably on the verge of breaking some fingers there. So she won the handshake is all I'm She saying. won the handshake and she's not even she's looking like, at him no, when like, she says pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> yeah. She's because it's Beatrice and she can't not say something she's like British. that. She's British. She's British upright. She has to have manners even when she doesn't want to. Um, yeah. So... And then I love hey, the, convers- I- the conversation here is hilarious, though, because remember the point of them going to the bar was so that Ava could talk about all the Miguel stuff, and then yeah. they obviously... This is this scene is confirmation that didn't happen. They just had fun because Miguel tells mm-hmm. Beatrice everything that they were supposed to talk about. And she's like, oh, like hearing it for the first time. So I do right. love the detail here. The bar I also scene love that fun. Ava is talking over Michael for a lot of the conversation because she's just like, yeah, no, Beatrice, get on board. Yes, yeah, he's like, I'm not into the dude. Listen to what he's saying. He's like, like, don't care about Miguel. Just let's go and figure this out. I need to get into oh. the fray. Oh, that is that is this whole scene too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's that, and then after Beatrice is like, "Fine," Ava, like, is genuinely thrilled that Beatrice yep. is on board with this because then Beatrice is like, "I'm coming with you," and Ava's like, "Even even better." Like, yeah, you come with us, and then proceeds to like hang on her the rest of the scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Yeah, Ava is trying really hard, whether she's trying or she's just like inhib- inhibited inhibited too, where she's like, nope, I'm just, I'm interested in you. Like, look, I'm interested in you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole scene. I, it's great. Love it. I also want to point out this is the first appearance of Beatrice's very frustrated. Fine. Fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is important. Thank you for, for reminding yes. us. Thank you. Now, Caitlin, what did you? Yes, Caitlin. When she like tells her to say goodbye to Michael. Oh, that happened already, yeah. but yeah, that was funny. She's like, okay. say goodbye. And <laughs> she drags Bea just drags Ava away. I like, said this seems like B is the mom dragging her teenage daughter away from a guy at a party and telling her to say goodbye. Uh, and, and, <laughs> like, no dude for you. Let's go. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I no dude anyway. for you unless it's me. I just love how she's like, bye bye. Say it, say bye, Ava, and and then Ava's like, bye! It's like us at the end of our first reaction episode. Mm -hmm. That you forced us to say goodbye, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I love this scene. Ava's so excited. Beatrice is very not excited. However, Beatrice wins the handshake, and we get the fine, fine. (sighs) And the Ava hanging on Beatrice. Yes, she really did. Like, which you know Beatrice she, is secretly thrilled about. She's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she had actually been into Michael, she would have actually not minded touching him. And she really never touches Michael unless it's absolutely she necessary or he initiates it. She doesn't even look at him. She looks at Beatrice yeah. the whole time to have this conversation. Exactly. Like, who is right. Michael? Michael is here to tell us about the things that we that I want to get involved with with beating Adriel. That's what Michael's thing is for her. 
Yeah, it, the whole Purpose. time Ava's like, listen to the words he's saying. And But Beatrice is, again, her emotions are clouding her judgment a little bit. And she's like, I, mm-hmm. so, yeah. But to be yeah. fair to Beatrice, her her rationalization is pretty valid because she's like, we don't know these people. They could have an agenda. Like, the exactly. Israel has an agenda. Like, we, we need more information. So it's, just, it's valid, but also she's like, her emotions are clouding her judgment a bit. Yes, it's a double whammy that way. Correct. Um, so Camilla... And her machine gun are back together. Matilla, Camilla Ooh. has her gun because when things Ooh, get crazy. Who gave Camilla a machine gun? Camilla gave Camilla a machine Camilla gun. Camilla gave Camilla a machine gun. She's obviously in charge of the armory, didn't you see yeah. in the last season? And her no. the real the real ship here is Camilla and her machine gun. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad so, that's back. She's just carrying it around casually as a <laughs> I think it's just a comfort thing for her. Her comfort you know other people have like teddy bears or a blanket or you know their favorite whatever camilla has a gun and (laughs) it's adorable and i love it it's the only time i ship anyone with any kind of firearm so the miracle we're in that secret room and we see that there's a the map that we saw earlier and didn't really know what the fuck was going on with it is actually the other OCS chapters. And because uh, shit's going down, mysteriously, the little lights that indicate where the chapter, that someone is there and everything's cool, are disappearing off of the map. And Mother Superior is like, oh, WTF, this is a coordinated global attack. The th- you know, the thing I was talking to the Pope about yeah. earlier. The Pope on a rope on a rope obviously not heeding my warning. And this is the what happens when you don't listen to Mother Superior. Yeah. And you go and to you hell. Get the, you get the sense from her, too, that she's cut. She's a lot like Ava in a lot of ways where she the the language she has with Camilla after this in the scene, too. You get the sense that. Mother Superior takes this particular situation as a personal failure because she's like, Camilla's like, you didn't, how do, how would you have known this was going to happen? She's like, I knew it was a possibility and like, yep. I couldn't prevent it. So she's very much still in that mindset where she puts a lot on her and a lot of the responsibility on her, which is kind of what Ava's doing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the situation is very sad for Mother Superior who, who basically told you so to the Pope and like now the her worst fear is playing out, you know? Precisely. Yeah. So we're back uh back with this Hetbait and Avatris watching the FBC leave their little headquarter place in the alley and Miguel says that they should wait for them to go and then go in cuz he stole the key that was the whole purpose of him sneaking around was him wanting to steal the key off of one of these FBC members um, but I don't even remember the scene. I don't know. This is the scene where they're just like sitting in the car and like yeah, it's a short like, scene. Beatrice oh. starts grilling him. This is the start. Yeah, of it. Beatrice is like, "All right, bitch. If we're gonna do this, I need to know who you are, why you're who here, you what's, going, what's on, going on, blah blah blah." This but, is the who's really in charge of this mission. Yes, it's Beatrice scene. because she has the sense to suggest that they just follow the people that are going to do the thing instead of breaking into their little headquarters and trying to find out what they're up to. Okay. I need to talk about that moment too, because the shot 
is them in the car. And Miguel is in the driver's seat. Ava's in the front seat. Beatrice is in the back, sitting in the middle, as one does when they're filming. And Beatrice, okay, like everything you just said, once she like eloquently explains why let's follow these people instead of breaking into this house because all these reasons that make sense, Mm -hmm. Ava is in the front seat trying so hard to conceal this smile when Beatrice wins. It's like this, yeah, that's my girl smile. Like if you miss that lip twitch thing that she's doing, go back and watch that too because she has this very proud like that's my girl that's hot (laughs) go back and watch that it's awesome because beatrice is the boss of everyone i feel like that's what the something that really attracts ava to beatrice Mm -hmm. the way she just takes charge and Mm -hmm. is like these are the this is these are the reasons why we should do it this way and that's it let's go and it's like ava's like yes please Yes, Ava likes being bossed around by Beatrice. That that was yes. a facts, and we see it multiple times. But yeah, here she's just like schooling Miguel, and like yeah, go back and watch Ava's reaction because also something Ava good. likes. Yep, mm-hmm. Ava's into all this, yes, even though she she's is. like no, like like mission stuff. She's like I secretly love all of this mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think she knows that Beatrice is jealous too. Like she knows. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. yeah. She absolutely does. No. So. Back with Mother Superior and Camilla. Guess what? There's a light comes back on, on the map in Madrid. In Madrid. So it's a cool map. That it is a cool, cool map. map. Cool prop. So they have a little conversation because Mother Superior is is having a, a bit of a crisis herself. Totally, totally. Because every this is everything she's really dreaded and feared for the Evers now. And she's like, we have to, you know, get ready for the possibility that the OCS doesn't exist anymore. But Camilla, being Camilla, comes in with the no and, like, reaches out for Mother Superior and is like, as long as there are two of us, the OCS exists. Oh, it's so cute. Because I have this machine gun. (laughs) Three of us. (laughs) It's so cute, though. It is. I love it. What a thing to say, because yeah, this is this is her worst fear manifesting the extinction mm-hmm. of the OCS. And so to have yep. Camilla be like, "Hey, we're still here. The OCS exists. We're here. We're here." Like, and that's when the Madrid laughter chapter lights up yeah. again. It's a good and scene. So it them. is a good scene. I like it. Okay, so speaking of good scenes, speaking of excellent <sighs> scenes, where do we go? Let's go find Lilith <sighs> because these. Good Lord. I don't care about anything that Vincent says. He can no. Who cares? Basically, what's yeah, happening yeah, yeah. here is he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, here I can recap this if you want, real Let's fast. Go. Basically, Lilith's there to find Mary, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary's on the first cell on the right. Go through this gate. So Lilith goes through the gate. He locks the gate. She's like, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, you need to accept Adriel as your Lord and Savior. If not, you got to fight my Nazis. The Nazis come out. Lilith whips off her really nice jacket because you don't want to get that dirty. And then the most epic fight I have ever seen on screen ensues. Holy shit. This fight scene with Lilith. So amazing. I think we compared it to a video game the first time we watched it. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. just crazy cool. If you want it- to see our like first reaction to it, go and watch our reaction video to this episode because... We all like freak the hell out when this in happens. Awe. It just 
Wow. Like, speaking of, like, fight stuff, like, set the bar, this scene. It was incredible. Uh, also, incredible. your note on the end of my notes, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, okay, go ahead. She a tiger. Uh, do you have anything about how they shot this or anything, Caitlin? Any technical? Um, all I I didn't get to see all of it. I just know that they had to do multiple passes. It was all in timing and probably took forever. What kind of camera did they use? They had this really cool like camera on a big arm that they used to like kind of. Oh, it was probably a jib. Like that's what the arms called. Is that what it is? It was so cool. They they posted like if you haven't seen it, I think. Where did they post? Simon, Simon might Simon? have posted it on tw- on Twitter. I think like a BTS of them filming this, not in like rehearse, like in a rehearsal, not like a, a costume in costumes. But it's it's this was all like because the first time we were watching it, we're like, oh, this is multiple takes, but it's okay. not. It's one. It's one. It's a bolt robot arm. It's super cool, and it's like the camera like can can like come in and like take close ups and all that kind of stuff. So it like moves with them. So the way they must have had to coordinate this. Must have been pretty precise. Oh yeah, stuff. it's all timing. If one person messes up, they have to redo it. Yeah, because it's all one one ta- one like sequence. It's very cool. Like the whole amazing. Oh my god, that's so expensive. I, right. I want one. <laughs> but yeah, this was. I just want to visit on set and just see all mm-hmm. the cameras and stuff. Absolutely. I, I feel like I'd be so happy. Absolutely. Like, very yeah. cool. Not something you'd expect from, like, a show that streams on Netflix, but, like, very cool shot. So, um, hydrate for bisexual Jesus for that shot, because amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I want to see the raw footage. Yeah, I would, too. I want to see everything. Totally. All right, well, that's uh, that's episode one. Do we have anything else to add about episode one? No, wrap it up. <laughs> She attacked roar. She attacked roar. <laughs> All right. So now that you've uh, oh, go go. Caitlin. No, I do have one thing to say. Yes. You can tell how much these people talk by my lighting. <laughs> Notice how it's nighttime now. Continue. Okay. Thanks for uh, coming with us for episode one, and it was so whoa, much whoa, fun. Whoa, whoa, hold on, wait. Before we're done. Uh, hydration scale time. Well, we kind of did this already. We're doing it again. We're supposed to do it at the end of episodes. This big Eight energy style. cups. Yes. Okay, so for those not familiar, at the end of our episodes when we recap stuff, we have a hydration scale for hydrate for lesbian and shots for bi Jesus. That's what we're doing in this episode. For how much you liked it or how gay it was on a scale of one to ten. I'm with you, Brie. It's eight. It's an eight. The wardrobe, I think I gave it a six. the gay stuff. Mm-hmm. Why do you give it a six, Caitlin? I don't remember. I can't. Re- I mean, the look that Ava gives Beatrice alone is an eight. I think that's no. I gave that a six. No, I was talking right, about fine. me. I'll get. I. But I know. <sighs> fine, it's an eight. No, well, it's can- a six for you. <laughs> yeah, and, and why? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so Caitlin gives it a six because gay stuff. That's just that's just her. It's in her how heart. she feels. Yeah. No, I gave it a six because that's what I thought it gave it last time. 
No, did. this is the first episode. This is yeah. the first. Episode. I mean, I'd like this episode. This episode is very good. I will. All right. I. I'll give it a seven and a half. All right. All right. Seven and a half. I'm with you, Brie. I think it's an eight for Ava's st- Ava's realization, Beatrice's wardrobe, the fight scene with Lilith, um, and overall, I think the episode itself had a good flow to it because usually, like the first episode when they come back and there's been a time jump, we have to like get caught up on a lot of stuff, and I feel like it wasn't heavy world building wise. It just like flowed very seamlessly from like catching up with everybody to like here's the new plot stuff so i thought it was very like seamless Mm -hmm. the way it It was it went yeah so overall this episode is one of my favorite ones in the whole show like all of it was amazing so all right i love this episode love this episode well done coming in strong can't wait to get into the rest of the season and our rest of our recap analysis stuff thank you everybody for joining us we have plenty more fun with Warrior Nun to come, but uh, for now. <laughs> plenty of fun with Warrior Nun. Yeah. <laughs> Jay for by Jesus this time. Yes. For Shots this for by Jesus. Season. Shots for by Shots Jesus. Shots for by Jesus. Bye, everyone. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Uh, Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience. So please, please, please help us out. Yes. And please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus.